This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio, a weekly look at the technology buzz surrounding drones, autonomous vehicles, Internet of Things, and all the tech in between. I'm your host, Elizabeth Wharton. Follow me at Lawyer Liz on Twitter. And while I am an attorney with Hall Booth Smith, I am not your attorney. If you need one, hire one instead. This is just a dialogue and discussion show. And building on what we had looked at uh, previous shows and with the latest comings of Amazon and some of the other providers on drone deliveries, that is topic up for discussion today. We've got some great guests who will be joining us that have that unique experience both on the technology development side, the aircraft systems, as well as uh, being able to fly in truly a broad range of environments and wanted to get their thoughts on what are some of the challenges ahead and issues associated with delivery by drones. It's not just for the Jetsons anymore. And what triggered the thought about this was last week we talked about the patent issued to Amazon for drones landing on lampposts and charging and being able to also have charging stations on uh, church steeples and kind of any tall structure. And then, of course, after we aired or in between those coming out that a company called Flirty managed to conduct two FAA-approved drone deliveries. One was medical supplies in Virginia. The other, on a lighter note, uh, delivered a Slurpee from 7-Eleven in Reno. But with that kind of background, wanted to see how, how this well, the mechanics, the logistics behind it, and as well, news broke earlier in the week that Amazon has taken some of their testing overseas to the UK. And what does that mean for American companies looking to conduct testing and really play with the technology as the FAA gets ready to roll out its new small unmanned aircraft systems rules. So keeping in mind the changing regulatory landscape, the ever-changing technology landscape, going to give a warm welcome to uh, the guests we have on today from Talon Analytics, a Georgia-based company that really is setting the stage. And with us to kick it off is going to be Tony Zimlick. And Tony, Saying that you're a pilot just doesn't really do justice to all the hats you wear with Talon. But welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And Talon's a unique company in that y'all aren't just 
coming in and building aircraft or providing the services. I mean, tell us a little bit about all the different uh, avenues that y'all are impacting this industry. Yeah, well, we got started a little over a year ago. Uh, like you said, we're based out of West Point, Georgia, and uh, we're part of a ITC Capital Holdings. <clears throat> we're a 100% veteran-run and staffed company, so that's uh, something that's unique. Um, well, and that, right now, I was going to say, and that plays into really, y'all aren't new to the technology and the aircraft and the planning flight operations. I mean, y'all, your field teams have all done this before in a variety of different scenarios through military service and other research capacities, correct? That's correct. We have a, we have a very wide knowledge base um, as a company. And, I mean, myself, I'm a retired Army Warrant Officer. I was a Black Hawk instructor pilot. Uh, we have Apache pilots, uh, OH-58 Kiowa Warrior pilots, AC-130 pilots, uh, just a, a wide gamut of, of experience. One of our guys was a research and development for UAS technology at UMA, Arizona, which uh, you're familiar with it being kind of at the center of R&D for UAS. Absolutely. I mean, as opposed to Area 51, where nothing goes on there, Yuma is certainly, uh, as you said, at the center of a lot of the testing that is going on in the U.S. So, you impressive roster of experience for all of y'all. And so, what kinds of projects do y'all work on? Well, it's an interesting question because, I mean, of course, this is a UAS-centered conversation, but Talon as a whole, we're a data company. We, we tout ourselves as a data company. Uh, what's unique is we're using drones to capture data. If we have a delivery system that's proprietary, it's a uh, very nice content management system. So I say, well, we're talking plan a, a flight t- operation, capture the data, and deliver it is what sets us apart. Right now we're doing uh, telecommunications, uh, vertical infrastructure, bridges, dams, uh, utilities, uh, both distribution and transmission power lines, uh, the 3D mapping. Uh, If if you can capture it by a drone, uh, we can probably say that we've had experience in that that realm. And when we're talking about capturing, we're talking about the data and, for example, the deliverables, uh, again, it's it's that, as opposed to the, uh, I'm not sure that I would be ordering a Slurpee, I might go with Krispy Kreme uh, donuts instead, but with drone deliveries, it's so much more than just the you know, picking up a package and, as you see in the movies, I mean, it's being able to navigate different airspace and with the utility infrastructure inspections that y'all are doing, how, I mean, you've got to pretty much thread the needle sometimes. Very much so. Uh, and, and that's what's interesting about uh, the FAA's uh, leaning forward with Part 107 is the integration of unmanned aerial systems in the national airspace uh, system. And that's that's something that's, that's going to be very interesting with the aerial delivery by a drone is the the network. I mean, you mentioned the uh, the Amazon Perch. Uh, 
and you could almost network those together to form a ground-based airspace system, if that even makes sense, uh, kind of do a route structure. Uh, so that's going to be very interesting to see uh, see as it you know, plays out and how, you know, patents being awarded and whatnot, is how the Airline Pilots Association, the FAA, all the different regulatory bodies are going to embrace this technology and, and make it to almost like a jet skis type of atmosphere. And another thing that you have to consider as well is people are concerned with privacy issues. Uh, and it's a general thing associated with phones uh, as a whole. Uh, they've received some bad press, and uh, you've had kind of cowboys out there doing things that they shouldn't be and using them in an irresponsible manner. So the public, uh, until they're educated on exactly what these systems are, uh, it, it could be a hurdle for some companies. Well, and uh, how long has Talon, because right now under the FAA's regulatory framework, you have to have a commercial exemption or an exemption for commercial operations. Of course, all of this will be changing and let the countdown begin. The new rules go into effect in just over 30 days. But really, it's a smaller airspace, uh, or I guess, uh, traffic in the airspace right now under the 333s. And how long has Talon been operating with their 333? We received our uh, 333 exemption May of last year. So we were we were one of the first companies to to get in on the ground floor with the 333 and kind of building, you know, our flight operations as we went because it's you know it's new technology and, and you know we, you can almost liken it to a, a Wright Brothers type scenario it's, it just hasn't been done before so you're you're given regulatory guidance by the FAA but other than that you, know, you have to figure out how to do things safely so that's something that we've, we've uh, prided ourselves on is having that military background uh, flight operations planning experience so it's a really easy transition for our company as a whole to, to figure it out well, in the military uh, background, too, I mean, isn't the joke that y'all can make do with just about, you know, almost MacGyver it. Uh, you give you know, two pens, a screwdriver, and a wrench, and suddenly y'all have a radio uh, transmitter. I mean, y'all can, well, yeah, y'all I mean, can get creative with, with the equipment that you have. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what's kind of cool about being in on the ground floor of the you know, UAS in the National Airspace System is, you know, we're almost inventing the rule book, if you will. So it's pretty exciting. And how do you conduct some of the research? Do you all have uh, partnerships? I mean, how do you identify? Do people come to you? Do you all identify a need and say, hey, I really wish the aircraft could do this or I really wish we had software that did that. How do y'all find those partnership opportunities? Well, I mean, we basically started off. And I would say we may have lost a Tony, and hopefully he will be able to join us back momentarily. But one of the things that with the drone delivery systems is that the current current rules and where we'll be going with the Part 107, there are weight limits on how 
how much the aircraft and all of its payload can weigh. And so you're seeing some limitations in what what types of equipment or what types of packages are going to be viable for delivery. And in addition, you're seeing rules on uh, line of sight, on daylight operations. So don't look for at least under the regular rules without obtaining a waiver beginning at the end of august don't look for the midnight pizza delivery uh, dropping off by drone just yet or if you're in a pretty remote area while you may not have some delivery options now on different products or uh, being able to i know depending on the urban areas you have uh, grocery deliveries and stuff remote areas there'd be a benefit to having the ease and flexibility but unfortunately with the visible line of sight the aircraft must remain in one of the operators line of sight you're not going to see that yet with the FAA's rules though they have developed a system of waivers so for example Amazon and Google have been recently conducting research at limited flights and as we saw from Flirty's deliveries last week the FAA is granting exemptions and waivers but they're not across the board and again that's just the the federal rule so when we come back we're going to hopefully be rejoined by uh, Tony and some of his cohorts at Talon but with that we'll jump to a commercial break you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. 
Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. Uh, Today we are talking about drone deliveries and some of the logistical, technical, and legal issues surrounding that. And uh, we've joined intermittently by experts from Talon Analytics and uh, learning the hard way, the downside to chatting with folks who are doing and operating in the field that you don't always have the best wireless cell phone and other coverage when you're doing that, which raises the other issue that we were highlighting before the break is how these drone, the kind of the network, the systems that run the aircraft or the aircraft used for operations, how are they going to work on a wide scale system or availability when we're talking about drone deliveries and i have a feeling it'll be similar to what you saw with internet and broadband accesses that will roll out in more urban areas where the coverage is consistent and develop ways around the system so that you can have full-blown access everywhere and which raises one of the other news stories from last week, another buzz, if you will, which was coming from Facebook. And Facebook was uh, testing it. They had developed an idea of bringing wireless Internet access uh, all over the globe in remote areas. And so Facebook had developed and had what they touted as a successful test flight for their Aquila, uh, which will be a large, high, uh, broad wingspan. It has the same wingspan of a Boeing 737 at 46 yards. But according to information released, it weighs less than 900 pounds fully laden, uh, thanks in part to carbon fiber construction. But the Aquila is designed to be able to carry uh, the signals and create this network. And the question remained, though, is in some of the FAA reports, they listed successful takeoff, successful flight logs, but the landing may not have stuck well enough for gymnastics uh, Olympic purposes and some of those details were missing, but hey, if you can take off, stay aloft for longer than anticipated, that is indeed a successful flight. So with Facebook's research and development and then Amazon taking, uh, news broke that they were taking some of their test flights over to the UK and raising the question of whether the FAA's uh, tight hold on the U.S. airspace was enough or hampering technology innovation here. And 
what do you do with that? I mean, it's long been uh, rumored that Japan and uh, New Zealand and Australia have much better testing facilities and operations and can accommodate some of the research by DJI, uh, Parrot, uh, some of the drone manufacturers, as well as some of the companies looking at delivery services. I mean, as Tony mentioned before he had to drop the call, uh, what are the privacy concerns that in the U.S. you do, there is still a question of whether the FAA is regulating or all the way down to the ground, the FAA would claim, yes, that's national airspace, that's our purview. But states and local authorities are starting to point out and raise the question of, well, yes and no. Do we have some expectation of privacy and right to have a drone-free backyard? Uh, the FAA Uh, Just as last week in Cleveland, this week in Philadelphia, the FAA has declared the airspace above the DNC convention as a drone-free zone. So is that enough? How do you deal with it on your backyard? Do you have a right to say, no, I don't want anyone flying five feet above the ground? And one of the issues that this particularly comes up in is in relation to the Amazon perch of right now the aircraft do not have the capabilities to fly with a heavy payload for long periods of time particularly depending on weather conditions too much wind too much uh, heat all of that will affect the flight and the battery life of the aircraft and so they're going to need to just as birds need to pause and regroup the aircraft will need to be able to pause and recharge and how do you do that when in an urban or suburban environment so Amazon has started researching what they call the Amazon Purchase, putting charging station capabilities on top of uh, lamps, uh, lamp posts, uh, street lights, and even structures such as the church steeples. And one of the things we had talked about last week was whether the uh, billboards are a better host to those perches because what happens when the street light the the church property that's not state owned who gives consent to use or does it become a takings issue does imminent domain where for the purpose of having a drone network the government or you know a private company, private party, through court action, request the government and say, hey, we need to be able to, you know, this drone system, and be it for deliveries or whatever would is necessary for public safety, for public use, for public purposes. So we're going to put our perch on top of the nearby church and they're going to like it. And how 
how does that play into it? So from a legal standpoint, privacy standpoint, uh, keep your eye on that. That's going to be one of the issues that uh, companies are going to struggle with and legislators, local officials are going to have to take a look at as well as how do you solve these problems when you have a holdout or you have someone who is not interested in participating in the program. So once you kind of get over those right-of-way and other access issues, it, it goes back to the technology. Where are we with the aircrafts and how can they carry the payloads and how do they deliver it uh, depending on which advertisement or commercial that you see uh, or different marketing materials there's everything from lowering the package via a tether and you know a rope so that it's dropped down onto the landing area and the delivery and pulley system brings you retracts the ropes back up and the aircraft the drone is on its way one of the other ideas is that it's going to land and that you'll have landing areas uh, designated either on your yard or in a communal area similar to perhaps a bus stop that that's where the package will be delivered and different questions with both of those one of the issues the aircraft and from a mapping and surveying standpoint is how do you get through all the foliage how do you navigate down through that area and with billboards there's been a long struggle with how do you trim and whether there is a right to trim the foliage the trees and other landscaping to have full access view of the the billboard signs uh, for those who live in areas with above ground uh, power lines that you'll frequently see discussions of whether we take down take out an old growth tree a historic uh, tree to make way for the the power lines and in some cases for future growth. Last year in Atlanta, we had a woman who uh, decided she did not like the tree clearing that was going to be going on in a neighborhood and found herself sitting up in the tree for at least a few hours, enough to make the lunchtime and evening news cycles. So will you start seeing some of that with drone landing zones? Uh, for the package deliveries and how do you address some of those issues from a logistics standpoint Uh, how do you scan to check clear the landing pattern so really a lot of questions on the logistics side some of them are currently being addressed now and we're going to be joined back by our aviation and Unmanned Systems experts from Talon. And gentlemen, welcome back. I hated to lose y'all because unfortunately everyone had to listen to my thoughts on some of these issues without 
additional insights. So, uh, welcome back to the show. Well, we're glad to be back on. So, well, sorry about that. no, it's as we talked about. It's uh, cellular and Wi-Fi and other coverage issues are certainly. reality today depending on where you are it's only going to get worse when you have more uh, systems pulling so we're about to jump to a commercial break and we get back want to hear your thoughts on how we deal with some of these uh, technology issues with given our current uh, aircraft that we're using you're listening to buzz off with lawyer liz on america's web radio Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. Wednesdays from 2 to 3 and podcasts available online. And today we're talking drone deliveries and we're joined again by uh, two aviation experts with Talon Aerolytics, a Georgia-based company that is solving and providing services from the technology, aircraft, mission planning, and data analytics side of things. So uh, Tony and Phil, welcome back and glad you could join us. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Oh, absolutely. And so one of the things we had been talking about before the break was logistical issues with leading into some of the technology. For example, with the different LIDAR and other mapping technology with drones, foliage, the trees, the kind of ground covering is an issue and when you we're talking about trees, you're really having to thread the needle with acrobatics and flying to get the mission accomplished. Do you see that changing, or how do you see that being impacted with drone deliveries? Um, I think we're in an area um, where you're going to see a lot of new technologies really emerge. Um, certainly, a lot of the issues that you're looking at there with with the obstacles involved in flight, you know, are really something you have to avoid if you want to successfully fly um but a lot of the techniques and technologies that are going to be utilized to solve some of those problems have really yet to be seen 
Um, I mean, they exist, but it's all been behind closed doors and in development and, and deep R&D centers um, where a lot of people don't have access. They're not widely discussed. Um, but I would say a lot of that technology is also akin to some of the self-driving cars that we're seeing being developed. And you'll see both of those technological fronts advance at the same time and solve a lot of those issues um, and another side of it is also going to be the requirements where you are to be able to get a drone delivery. Um, I think certainly there'll have to be some sort of um, landing zone requirement or a way to identify where exactly that package needs to be delivered. And a lot of that may end up being user-defined. In the end, you order something and then you go out to your yard and uh, mark out a spot where it's going to come and actually leave what it is that you order. And so in thinking of that, I mean, you've seen the uh, commercials and some of the online marketing for the technologies where it's, you know, someone placing a kind of a poster, so to speak, or a mat on the ground. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm kind of disappointed. I would rather it perhaps be, you know, I'm thinking airport flares, sparklers, you know. Let's have some fun with it. Think it's a little overboard? Um, well, I mean, I, I guess I'm with you. I've seen a, a few of the, the mock-ups that they've, they've done for how to mark out an LZ, and it is kind of trap. Um, no, but I, I think... You know, there will be have to be there will have to be something that marks that as something unique and, and different from uh, you know just any other obstacle around it or any other patch of ground. So I think there may be an opportunity to do something like that and make it more uh, appealing. Well, and I have to admit, I've had a little bit of fun when I've been flying just some of my smaller aircraft uh, that my dogs hate them and. Try to jump and almost catch them and eat them as if they're some pesky uh, squirrel that has kind I could see someone trying to. I mean, what happens when you have to call Amazon to explain, well, the neighbor's dog attacked your aircraft and it's not coming back? <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that would be an interesting situation, and I think that'll also go back to some of the requirements that, like, once you order something, they give you an estimated delivery uh, window within a few minutes, and they'll, they'll probably ask you to make sure it's an area without animals, I would guess. <laughs> Alternatively, I, I know a lot of the designs for these aircraft have a lot of the moving parts or things that could be damaged um, if they were run into by an animal or if they happen to just run into an obstacle. Uh, they're they're protected in a way, so a possibility exists that you could knock the thing out of out of flight, but it just knocks it hits the ground and then is able to take off and continue on. It's no real damage to it due to the way it's designed. Well, and it, you also hear stories of folks blindly following their GPS directions or ways and ending up in a lake or you know, an area that wasn't exactly what they had thought the bridge was closed or the off-ramp did not go anywhere. How do you see that challenge being addressed when we make that move to completely autonomous flight with the fits, relying on similar 
uh, navigational directions. Mm-hmm. Well, I, there's a lot of work being done right now in technology that, that can see and, and perceive obstacles similar to the way the human eye does and has this three-dimensional space awareness about it um, that it's, it knows where it needs to go based on those navigations in a general sense, um, just like your GPS navigator for your phone or your, your car does. Uh, but as far as, like, the fine green stuff, avoiding this tree instead of that one, you know, or maneuvering in between obstacles, I think that'll be much more of a in-the-moment type of process where the, the aircraft itself is seeing what's going on and knows what's an obstacle and what's not and avoids it actively on its own. Well, and we saw with the one of the Tesla uh, dry, you know, autopilot crashes yeah. where it couldn't distinguish between the, or the sensors weren't distinguishing between the sky and a light-colored truck. I mean, do y'all have similar issues now with the technology you're using with your aircraft? Um, no. Most of the, the technology that we've been using that's similar in our aircraft is all sonar. Um, so it, it's actually seeing anything that's a solid object underneath it. Um, but admittedly, that's, that's not to say it's a perfect solution because there are some things that are uh, light enough in texture or substance that the sonar won't pick it up or it picks it up to a lesser degree. Uh, to solve that issue, what I think you'll see in the future is a, is a marriage of a few of those sensing technologies to make uh, sort of a uh, an omnispectral sensor of sorts, whether it's seeing optical images and, and inferring three-dimensional uh, shapes from that, or active sensors such as LiDAR, like you mentioned earlier, or a sonar. Like you'll just see them all work in, in concert. Uh, to give the, the aircraft a more complete picture of its environment. Well, and what are some of the areas that Talon is focusing your research on? Uh, most of our research is how to use aircraft um, for data collection purposes. Um, and uh, some of this could be, could lean towards uh, something that would be used for delivery services because um, we, we do a lot of 3D mapping uh, on really fine grain scales uh, both based on photogrammetry uh, so really developing how to do those processes and do them well has, has been the biggest part of what we've been working on So when y'all are talking about photogrammetry uh, perhaps explain a little bit about what all is encompassed with that Sure. Uh, photogrammetry is a, a 3D modeling technique where, uh, and it's, it's been done by hand uh, for several years, but it's only recently in the last couple years really started to uh, become an autonomous process, or not an autonomous, but a, uh, an automated process where you can feed a bunch of images into a computer and it runs a program that puts all these pictures together of the same object from different perspectives, and it can infer the shape and size of those objects from that data. Well, and you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, and we're talking with uh, Phil and Tony from Talon Analytics. And one of the other issues is when y'all are conducting some of your flight ins- you know, inspections with the utility 
uh, structures. I don't want to necessarily limit it to just towers. I mean, because y'all truly cross this you know, the spectrum of what you're inspecting. I mean, you're having to sense and avoid and go around. I mean, how do you see some of those technologies translating into the drone delivery? Um, I mean, because you're doing manned flights, or I say manned, you have a pilot yeah. interacting with the, you know, at the controls. And when we're talking about some of these drone deliveries, it the idea and the goal is it's going to be truly autonomous. You plug in the coordinates yeah. and it's going to develop a flight pattern. So there is not that immediate, uh, does it become something where you would have the FPV, the first person view capabilities on the aircraft in the you know short term or how do y'all see developing you know with your background and flight hours and experience how do you see addressing some of those issues um some of that i would say kind of remains yet to be seen uh on the technology side uh as, as things come together um i do see a phase where you may have uh a center with pilots who have the ability to intervene, uh, you know, while a lot of this is still getting ironed out. Because, I mean, there are going to be, um, you know, challenges that, that we haven't encountered yet when we start, when this program starts getting put together to do deliveries like this. Um, and I think, at least for a time, a little bit of human guidance will be required. Um, but as things go on, I think a lot of the first-person view capabilities will, will come out of it, and you'll see that these unmanned aircraft actually fly better than a manned pilot ever could or ever would. Uh, Not that y'all are going to admit that, right? Or at least out loud. I mean, as, as a pilot, never. Oh, no. I, I am the best person that flies ever, ever. And that's, I think that's almost every pilot that's ever been. There's at least a small piece of them that thinks that. But as a as a nerd and somebody who loves aviation and technology and unmanned aerial systems, I there's a piece of me that also wants to say that I think that's a definite possibility. Well, and if if you had to pick your favorite uh, unmanned aircraft, that if you're going to go and have some fun, what models do y'all use? Um, I'm a really big fan of. DJI stuff, uh, just in general, as a platform that's uh, very user friendly and functional. Uh, you know, I could take somebody who hadn't touched an aircraft ever in their life out and probably have them flying around uh, an open field taking good pictures and maybe an hour tops. Um, and I think when it comes to uh, UAV technology as it applies to the masses, that's um, you know, that kind of niche is, is very necessary, and it does a lot to educate people about what this technology can do and uh, what its possibilities are. Well, and you you bring up a good point on the education side, and we're going to take our last commercial break. And when we get back, let's pick up a little bit on that. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. With all the back and forth in today's politics, 
it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. Catch us Wednesdays from 2 to 3 on America's Web Radio. Or catch the former or other podcasts available online at americaswebradio.com or through Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. And today we're chatting with uh, Phil and Tony from Talon Analytics and really delving into drone deliveries and what all from a logistic mission planning and technology standpoint are some of the issues. And before the break, we were talking about the education aspect and which is key across the board, both with local, uh, state, federal officials, but also homeowners and users. What are some of the, I mean, Talon conducts missions and projects across the country. How easy is it to let people know y'all are coming to work on a project in their area or that communication aspect? Have y'all found processes that work or difficulties? Um, It's kind of a mixed bag, uh, really. There's a lot of times where it's, it's very easy, depending on, like, if we're going out to a very rural area, um, there's only a, a handful of landowners, or the uh, if there's a certain structure that we're imaging. Um, we already have permission by virtue of, of being on their easement. Um, but there are other times when we're operating in more urban environments where it, it does require um, 
us to go to, to nearby landowners and you know let them know, hey, you know, here's here's who we are, here's what we're doing. Um, and most of the time in, in these situations, they're already well outside of where we're going to be operating. We're just going to be operating close enough uh, that you know they could become concerned if they look out their window and they see this thing flying around and they don't know what it's doing or you know it can. Uh, be a cause for concern. So we, we do like to be good stewards and, and let people know as best we can uh, wherever we go, what we're doing, and what we're about, uh, just to head off any of those concerns. Well, and one of the things the Cleveland Quad Squad discussed with us on the show last week was they were out, they shared the story, they were out flying in an abandoned, I think it was tuberculosis hospital and. Is it, they turn, look over their shoulder, and suddenly there's a string of police cars racing towards where they are. But after a few minutes chatting with the officers, next thing they know, they converted all of them into FPV quad enthusiasts. I mean, have you all turned any farmers or other adjacent landowners into uh, drone enthusiasts? letting them check out your equipment or I don't know that we've fully converted anybody uh, so to say but I I know we've we've run into several situations where you know, law enforcement personnel or local landowners or just passerbys who are curious uh, approach our work site and, uh, and we've got uh, barriers to keep them outside of where we're actually working but we've we've landed our aircraft and stopped and talked to them and uh, you know, particularly in a few situations, uh, we had people approach us who, who were a little upset that we were there, or, you know, very confused what was going on, and then we let them know and, and showed them what we were doing and what we were working with, and they left rather pleased that, you know, they got to see something cool, and we, you know, gave them a glimpse into what's going on as, as far as this new industry goes. Uh, so we've, we've won over a few friends that way, but I wouldn't say full enthusiast quite yet. Well, give them time and give y'all time, right? Right. Well, and so where can uh, people get a good idea of some of the stuff that Talon is doing? I mean, should they go to the website? Should they other social media accounts to find out more information? Yeah, we do have a Twitter out there, I believe, but really the website probably is... Um, the best place to go. And what's that address? Uh, it is itctalon.com. Excellent. And now we've talked a little bit about how it's not just the aircraft and the operations and logistics, that it's also the software and the systems and uh, a lot of the plant mission planning that goes into it, and especially with the post-flight uh, data analysis, I know that's really Talon's sweet spot. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of that is, or some of those capabilities are highlighted on the website as well. Correct. Correct, they are. Well, and do you see that with the drone delivery systems, an opportunity to perhaps mesh? Some of the you go partnerships with perhaps Amazon, where Amazon's conducting deliveries in a neighborhood, but uh, 
utility company partners with them so that while they're doing the deliveries, they're also mapping and scanning and uh, inspecting the local infrastructure. I don't know. It's something that I've thought about at one point in time because, I mean, if you have all these aircraft up in the air flying back and forth, uh, you know, even if you even if you're not taking the highest resolution data, uh, I mean, if you can get enough data points, I mean, you can refine that over time. Uh, I mean, I certainly could see uh, like local traffic events or. Uh, you know, if like a, a wildfire or something breaks out, like in Florida or something, and one of these things just happens to be flying over, it having the ability to sense these things in real time and improving, you know, our local emergency response time or something like that. Um, utility work and the others and a lot of the other stuff. I don't know if you'd ever be able to get a high enough resolution just flying by and flying over because a lot of that stuff is very specific in nature. Um, But I do see it useful in a lot of other ways, potentially, certainly. And one of the big kind of breakout hits, especially at a college in North Georgia, uh, Barry College was their, uh, what was it, bird nest cam, uh, watching hatchlings and uh, baby birds. I mean, y'all with Talon and other uh, utility infrastructure inspections, y'all found some pretty unique wildlife applications for what you're doing, correct? Or tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, Say multitasking. Well, um, I think one of the challenges to uh, the uses of small UAVs is to be conscious of uh, the environment and wildlife um, because they're, they're new sort of machines that are out there. I mean, one might make an argument that we've they've adapted well enough to like you know vehicles and just us like as we are in like large aircraft but a lot of these small unmanned aerial systems are a completely new thing and you know they could mimic uh, you know approaching it without being able to hear it yet visually it looks like a bird or something and so another bird wants to approach or something but uh, in our experience as we've been out flying a lot of these structures uh, we do find bird nest um, and it's, it can be a challenge to uh, you know make sure that we're not disturbing anything because uh, until you get up and you take a look at it uh, you may not know exactly what it is um, but anytime that we run into stuff like that it's, it's a you know we, we document what we're doing and we take some pictures of it um, while staying well clear of it certainly and then uh so how Turn many to whichever client that we're working with? Sure. How many eagle or uh, other birds of prey strikes have your aircraft suffered? We have not had a single incident of a bird strike in operating for a little over a year now, uh, and we, we've got several pilots. Uh, we have had a few curious buzzers uh, <laughs> as we're flying around the structure come up and get near, but as soon as they, they start hearing what it is. They seem to tuck a wing and, and dive away consistently, so it hasn't been an issue for us. Well, and uh, turtles tend to have uh, strikes with uh, manned aircraft. Have y'all have y'all had any turtle incidents? Turtles. Turtles have more reported uh, 
turtle aircraft strikes with the and confirmed with the FAA and their wildlife database at uh, fast approaching 200, uh, which if we're keeping score at home, there have been zero confirmed uh, reported FAA aircraft and drone strikes. So just wondering if that has followed through to your aircraft as well, but I'm taking it Um. that y'all are running this... uh, same as the drone and aircraft strikes. To my knowledge, at zero. <laughs> no, this, Charles. This is honestly, something that I'm kind of surprised by this. I did not know this. Honestly. <laughs> well, you learn something new every day. I'm just glad I could be here for or provide that knowledge uh, to y'all today. Well, uh, Wanda, thank you for joining us. And so. We've already established I'm probably going to go Krispy Kreme with my first uh, treat, uh, drone delivery order. Slurpee out in Reno. We have a couple seconds. Do y'all, have, do y'all know what you would pick? And, you know, I take that as approval that Krispy Kreme is probably the best uh Selection. Well, thank you to Phil and Tony from Talon Analytics. You've been listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. Catch us each Wednesday from 2 to 3 or find prior podcasts, americaswebradio.com. I'm Lawyer Liz at Lawyer Liz on Twitter. And until next time, keep flying. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.